Hey guys, what's up? It's me, Joshua Suliruka here, your host of the Impact Podcast Show. And I want to just say thank you all for watching this video if you're watching it on YouTube. And also I want to say thank you to all those that are listening through uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, I, I truly am thankful that you guys are able to listen to this. And uh, before we do, or before I do introduce the uh, the next uh, special guest on the Impact Podcast Show, I want to state our mission. Our mission is simple. Our goal is to focus on the one. We're all about focusing and impacting one, one people one person and um you know we can and we will be able to have the opportunity to impact many people but we just want to focus on one you know focusing on that one and i feel like you know this is the best time at the moment with the COVID 19 um you know pandemic happening right now like there are people out there that are in need of um you know encouragement and i truly believe that this special guest will be able to you know share his story and he will be able to encourage you guys so i just wanted to start our mission uh, before we start so yeah guys uh, make sure you guys follow us on instagram uh, that's our main platform and we've got other platforms like twitter and facebook and we're also on youtube so consider subscribing but um other than that guys before i do introduce our special guest i just want to say that i am truly honored to have this time to spend uh with this mighty man uh, right on the other side uh <laughs> he's actually doing a lot um just before we jumped on to this call um he was i know that like he was explaining to me that he was going through a lot in terms of like the work the workload he's got a lot of things to do and um you know i'm truly honored that he like he has taken the time out uh, to to spend some time with myself um in this interview phase uh to really help you guys out so it is truly an honor um but yeah this guy has a mad story um the boys the boys at waterbilly have wait the boys at waterbility have um expressed their their love for this guy and this guy is bro this guy is a beast not just on the field but obviously off the field and that's something that i'm, I'm pretty excited to um uh, to welcome to you guys mr steve dressler bro <laughs> thanks man what an intro wow. <laughs> yeah bro i love it man i love it bro i love i love doing the salt you know just adding the salt into the steak you know what i'm saying it's got to have a bit of that yeah man but hey bro um bro before we even start man i think there are a lot of people out there that know you but um i know that there's there's some people out there that don't really know you so um is there any way that you could possibly just share to us a bit of who you are uh, just for those that don't know who you are yeah, so I'm Steve Dresler, uh, founder of Waterbility. It's a disability support service for people with a disability, utilising professional athletes and semi-professional athletes as carers. Uh, so a bit of my story, I grew up, you know, it's just not far north New South Wales in a town called Yamba. Yep. I grew up there for 16 years. Country boy. Yeah. So then <laughs> I... Uh, Signed with the Gold Coast Titans, so I moved up to the Goldie and finished my schooling at Palm Beach, Crumbin. Um, finished my schooling there and then signed with Para. So moved down to uh, Parramatta when I was the day after I finished school, actually. So I drove down here and met up with a few boys, Reedy, Dill, Brown, Austin, Joey. Lived in the house there with them for three years and, um, you know, played a bit of football at Para. Um, played under 20, SG ball, 20s, reserve grade. Um, didn't quite get the first grade, but you know, look at life and look at what we're doing. So, yeah, yeah, bro. You know what's crazy? You actually mentioned um, SG Ball. I think I actually versed you, bro. Um, I'm not too sure if I did. Like, I'm still trying to figure out if I did. But um, Bruce Ward was Bruce Ward in your team at that time, Bruce, Brucey. I don't at know if time, you played a game. Who did you Who did you play for? Bro, I was I was at St George, bro. I was at the St George Dragons. Um, 
I think it was around 2016, bro. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I was like, because I remember your face, man. Like, like I was just thinking about it. I'm like, bro, I think I versus this guy. I was just like, let me just, like, let me just, like, like allow him to share. Um, but obviously, back then, it was just a lot different. But, yeah, man. Um, bro, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> I just had that thought just now. I was like, bro, maybe I should ask him. Um, yeah, man. But hey guys, he this guy here he has a mad story. Um, you know, the boys at Waterbility, as I mentioned before, um, has really touched, you know, just a little bit on it. And even just after, you know, I was speaking to um Noel and um Joseph Taipati. You know, those those two boys, they they were on the Impact Podcast show before. And uh I'll tell you guys right now what they had shared uh with me off air uh really inspired me to get this guy on board. And um yeah, man, I'm pretty excited to to get into, you know, dissecting your story. Uh, really get into the story because, you know, I truly believe that story sells. Um, you know, you can look at facts. Facts can tell things. You know, you're, you're just telling people, yeah, this, these are the facts. But stories can really sell. And um, that's something that I'm wanting to explore today, bro. So I'm keen, bro. I'm keen for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> nice, man. I'm excited. Yeah, sweet. So um, the first thing I want to ask, man, is like, like what made you get into footy? Because that's something that, um, you know... Like that's that's the one thing that brought you to um not to Australia to Sydney. Um, what actually made you get into footy, bro? So I just grew up, you know, grew up on a farm. So my brother played uh, footy, obviously. So I just followed in his footsteps and then played, you know, under sixes or under fives, under sixes all the way up, and you know, yeah, just went through the grades. And you know, it's sort of something that you do as I suppose as a as a young kid growing up in Australia, you play sport and you you know. Rugby league being such a high dominant one is, you know, I enjoyed that and yeah, continued on. Yeah, true, man. Because like, you know, for for myself, I was like kind of told, "All right, you're playing footy." <laughs> um, you know, at a young <laughs> yeah, that, age, that me too. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. And so, um, you know, from there, right? So you played footy at a young age. Um, was there ever a dream to play an arrow uh, when but, you were yeah, younger? That was always the dream ever since I was a kid, man. You know, I used to always run around and, you know, pretend that you were playing first grade and that sort of thing. So that was always the dream, man. It, you know, it still it still hangs around. So, you know, but yeah, that was always the dream to play NRL. Yeah, true, man. Because like I, like for myself, uh, when I was growing up, that was exactly the same thing. I think that's every kid's dream, um, playing rugby league. You're like, you know what, I want to be like Sonny Bill. You know, getting those yeah. hits out or, um, you know, like my favorite player was Nathan Homash, right? Like just the real consistent guy. He wasn't the flashiest of players, but um, bro, he was a real consistent guy. Like he was able to play 300 odd odd games and it's like, that's not really a an achievement that a lot of people can um, achieve. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, like who was your favorite player, bro, growing up? That's a good question. Um, bro, I had a few actually, but, uh, you know, your standard props, Petro, big Petro. And um, Big Petro and... Seven Deceiver. Yeah. Petro, um, Steve Price was another one. Oh, man. Um, he, was a, he was a massive fan. Um, Friday, he was a, you know, a big one of mine. But yeah, so probably them three. Yeah, true, true. Because like for me, I, I think about about like certain players like there's a certain reason why people love certain players like i remember my older brother he was he, like he used to really really enjoy israel Folau, um growing up um and he's like oh israel and he'll do the jumps and then you have fui fui moi moi like back in the days 
like you just have like all these props saying, "Oh, Fui Fui is coming down." Um, yeah, bro, it gives you like mad reminiscing moments. Right. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd probably prefer, you know, used to play a bit of the outside backs and pretend to be Israel for loud, but uh, you know, probably got told to get back in the middle. When dreams are free, eh, bro? <laughs> right. They say dream. Yeah, man. Far out, bro. But um. Yeah, man. No, so, um, yeah, started at a young age playing footy. Um, so what would you say was like, you know, kind of your um, your memorable moments playing footy? Uh, was there any memorable moments that you had playing footy? Um, but yeah, you know, they're all memorable, man. You know, I still remember it, you know, all of it. But, uh, you know, obviously moving down to Sydney was a massive one. Um, so that was a big step for me. And then, you know, obviously making my under-20s debut. When oh, I was in the ball, so I made that and played with some of the boys like Tyrell, Fulmano, Alex Twelve, you know, a few of them boys that have gone on. Um, and then I, uh, the next year, I debuted for Cup. So you know, as a twenty-year-old, that's pretty, uh, you know, big. So debuted there, and then um, actually started training first grade, and then had a few had a lot of problems with my knee, and you know, unfortunately, you know, got sent back and couldn't do it, but. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, man. Bro, I love that you touched on it because that's exactly what I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about exactly uh, what kind of stopped you from playing because, you know, usually people, they're either, there's usually like some sort of uh, stimulus or some sort of thing that actually stops you from playing. Uh, some people usually say, oh, like, I don't know for a lot of Islander, um, you know, community, uh, we're all like heavily family-based. And so usually we'll say, you know what, we have to look after our family. So we step away and go into factory jobs or we start just working. Uh, and then you've got other people who who leave the game because they don't see the passion. But for you, bro, there's actually something different. Um, did you want to share about exactly what happened um, as to why you're not playing footy at the moment? Yeah, so short story was, you know, I've had 13 surgeries on my knee. I've had three knee reconstructions. I need a fourth, so um, I don't have an ACL, uh, an MCL, or a meniscus currently in my knee. Uh, so yeah, short term, you know, I was, uh, you know, medically retired due to injuries, and you know, you can't really run or play football without an ACL or a, you know. So I've had yeah, thirteen surgeries in the past five years now on my knee, and yeah, that's uh, ruled me out. Yeah, and so uh, did did you end up finding out how? that was the case so did you find out how that happened so i obviously the first one i had a, a just a normal acl so they used my hamstring and then the yep. second one i had an allograph which is a deceased person's acl and yep. that one failed so okay. uh that one i redid that one and then i went and got another one and i got a another allograph and that one failed like so when i i got it in uh, November and I was back playing that year, that next year and then I played six games and I played a few cup games that year and then I went back to the semi-finals for 20s and we played against the Bulldogs and we lost and I got, and then my knee was killing so I, was, I wasn't training, I was just playing on the weekend so I would literally, wouldn't train go to training, I'd just sit there and watch, I couldn't run, I couldn't, you know, do anything True. I was, you know, living off painkillers. I had to eat, you know, painkillers wow. to play, to train, to everything because I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't cope. My knee wouldn't, you know, work. It just wouldn't. I couldn't train. I couldn't do gym. I couldn't, you know, run. So I'd just, we'd strap it up. We'd take painkillers to play. Crazy. And then we'd do the same thing for the next six weeks. 
And then anyway, so we, we just our plan was just to get through the season, get through, and we got through. And then once we got knocked out, the physio and the doc said, "All right, let's go get a scan. Let's go get a um, you know, see what's going on." So played on the Saturday, lost, went in and got the scan on Monday. And Monday night, Monday hour, the doc rang me and he said, oh, Steve, you need to come in and see me. And I was like, wow. you know, what for? So anyway, so the physios before the doctor's unit inside. So I went in and Matty Stewart come in and said, Steve, come here. I want to see you first. So I went in, saw him, got me on the table and tested my knee. And bro, it was sweet. Matty was like, man, there's no way. There's no way. And I'm like, mate, what are you talking about? And he was like, so Matty come in with me to go see the doc. And... And I was eight, 19 at this time. So I went in, saw him, or 20 at this time. So I went in and he's like, mate, you, your ACL's absent. Wow. What? So that that spun them out. They, you know, they got me on the table and my ACL, you know, it feels it's there, you know, when they do the test with your knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so they've done all that and, you know, they were like, mate, it's fine. There's nothing, you know, but then the reports from the surgeons and from the doctors and that, you know, once you get the MRI, you know, it says it's absent and my my medials and my uh, meniscus is teared right the way through. So, mate, that, that was like, uh, you know, that's why you've had so much pain, so much troubles with it. And so, yeah, a week later or so, we went in for surgery, cleaned it all out, took all the screws, all the, you know, meniscus, all the ACL out, cleaned it all out. And now we've just left it and trying to get through without it because, you man, I don't really want to go through another whole thing unless I'm going to go and do something or unless I'm going to go back and play or run or something along them lines, you know. But at the moment, there's no real thing for it because the last two allografts have failed. They, my, You know, my body hasn't taken to them. So, you know, we're running out of options. And at the moment, there's not really much they can do. On In, you know, their honest opinion, they've said, Steve, you know, all we can do is just, you know, try and strengthen and hope for the best. Yeah, wow, bro. See, guys, like... <laughs> when it comes to rugby league, when you have a passion, um, you do whatever it takes. You know, you do whatever it takes to to continue on. Um, you'll find a way. I think that's something that's a lot different to those that succeed to those that don't. Is that they usually find a way. Some people just say, you know what, there is no way that I can get into this. Um, but for those that do succeed, they find a way. But then the only thing that <laughs> that kind of stops you is your ability. You know, if you're if you if you don't have the ability to actually um you know compete um then that's usually the one thing that you have to stop because obviously the, the, obviously the more that you continue doing it the more that you continue uh, to play on it then you're obviously doing a lot more damage and then you'll be forced <laughs> you'll be forced to rest out and so yeah man i want to say bro i appreciate you sharing that story um you know it is real touching and uh the question i want to ask you bro is like how did you cope with it like how did you cope with you know the um you know the news that you weren't able to play Mate, it, it took me a very, very long time. But to be honest, I'm probably still not, you know, mm. completely over it. But, uh, you know, so I left there and, you know, I was crying. I was all in shatters, mate. I was have to, bro. I have friend, to. You know? So I was actually driving to uh, to work, straight back to work. And I I was driving and, and Nathan Kalis called me. True. And I was like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> anyway, so I answered it. I answered it. And uh, but he's like, Steve, are you all right? And I said, what do you mean, man? He's like, mate, I just drove past you. I could see you oh, crying. True. And I was like, oh, nah, man. Like, you know, I just saw Louis just, you know. So anyway, so that was a massive thing and then went to work. And I actually, um, you know, so when that season was over, I was had a preseason for the 16 weeks with Para, you know. Yep, yep. And so I was 
for the next six weeks, we were doing like a, all of us junior boys. There was about 10 of us. We'd go in at 5 a.m. before work and go in and do some extra weights and do some extra fitness yep. just to try and get ready for the preseason. Anyway, so I'd done that, and I'd done that for about two weeks, and my knee could not handle it, you know. Wow. So it could not handle, you know, any – so, you know, I was angry at them for that, but, you know, at the end of the day, my knee couldn't handle the – the load of being a first grader, you know, you've got to be able to train. You know, Brad Arp is massive on, you know, you need to be able to train to be able to play. So, um, you know, so obviously, you know, I had a lot of uh, tough moments that next couple of, you know, months to years. Um, obviously led to drinking and, you know, recreational drugs and, you know, painkillers were a massive thing because obviously I was taking them consistently for my knee and to be able to get through. So they become a problem and, um you know, everything goes on from there, just working, training. And, you know, obviously I was still living with uh, a few of the boys and, you know, Austin and Reed Marnie and Bill Brown, you know, they're my best mates. They still are, but, you know, they're well, playing first grade, reading and Bill consistently. And, uh, you know, that was obviously tough for me, but seeing them and, you know, but obviously so happy for them as well. But, uh, you know, seeing a lot of them boys, Ray Stone and Oregon, playing now when I was playing with them and, you know, playing, you know, in the same team. So that was a tough, but, you know, it is what it is and, you know, it keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, man. Bro, crazy, bro. Crazy that Nathan Kelly's seen you, eh? Like, what a coincidence. Yeah, what a coincidence, bro. I was driving <laughs> and he popped up on my phone. I was like, so what could you want this time? <laughs> and, yeah, he's like, I saw you driving. So. Wow, man. What a story, bro. This is this is touching me, man. Just from listening yeah. to this, bro. So, yeah, man. So, um, so what? So, my question to you now is like, what made you um, move on? You know, you were told you were told that you weren't able to play. You told that you know there's nothing that we can do for your knee. Um, you, obviously, you, you had a lot of emotions to it. To this, even to this day, you know, still trying to cope with it. So my question to you, bro, is how were you able to manage it? How did you manage this? Like, you were told the truth. How were you actually able to process it? How were you able to manage it? Is this place called Giant Steps. Yo. It's probably, it's probably what saved me. Yep. You know, there's a lot of good people around there. And, you know, Dean Feeney at Parramatta, he's uh, been a massive part. Uh, but, yeah, so I started at GS a few years before that. So I was working there full-time consistently, but, you know, during while I was playing, you know, with my knee and that. Um, and, yeah, so, mate, that just makes you realise how lucky you are and, you know, what you're doing in life and, you know, how you can help others and, you know, makes you realise, you know, there's more to life than football. You know, there's yeah. more to life than, you know, what you're actually doing and, you know, if you can help out others in any way, then you've got to. Yeah. And, and like, did, like, did you want to just touch base quickly on what Giant Steps is? So Giant Steps is a school for kids with autism. So it's yep. solely a school for children with autism to go to to learn, you know, not only curriculum but life skills and, you know, a, a safe place where they can go and not be, you know, kicked out or judged or something. Because a lot of our kids, you know, come from them schools that have been expelled or suspended and they can't go to a mainstream school because of their challenging behaviours or because of their, you know, their social stuff. So, um, yeah, so Giant Steps is a, you know, a school for kids with autism. Yeah, wow, man. It's crazy. It's crazy that you say that, bro. It's crazy how a a school, you know, you just attending there, you working there, um, had really changed your perspective um, onto the way that you see how life is. Uh, bro, honestly, man, like, 
I'm looking at it now. I'm like, just imagine if you didn't go there. You know, just imagine yeah. if you, yeah, just imagine if you, I don't know, were working in the factories or doing a laboring job. Like, I think, uh, I, 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 I will have no clue because I've never worked in a labor job ever in my life. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever will too. But um, I don't know, uh, just by what I see, um, it will probably be a lot more easier to cover. You know, just go to work, build stuff, you know, and chuck the concrete in the floor um, and then go home and then, I don't know, go on the piss or I don't know, I have no clue, bro. But um, by the looks of it, man, like it looks like just from what I'm seeing from you, bro, and what you're doing right now, it looks like you've done a good job. Um, you know, and I'm clean. I'm I'm actually keen to explore that right now. Um, you know, you've 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 told you've told us that you started at footy at five six years old, um, and then you went from going like going to the coast and then coming down to Parramatta, and then now you've been told uh, at the time that you're at Parramatta, you're playing with a with a knee with like little to no ligaments, which is crazy, bro. Which mm. is crazy, man. Um, and then you're taking the you know painkillers and you're doing whatever it takes to um to to make it and then come to this point now giant steps uh you know really opened your eyes and so now i actually want to try and get into really figuring out how you got into this and um if you guys can't see or for those that are listening you won't be able to see this but at the moment steve dress is wearing a jacket and on the jacket it says what ability so i can't wait to share it to you guys what he's doing with this so for all those out there he did mention at the start he is the founder and ceo of what ability and bro i would love for you to share to to me exactly what is your passion bro what is the actual passion behind what ability for you well so mate the passion you know so firstly what ability is a disability support service you know utilizing <laughs> professional athletes and semi-professional athletes as carers um, you know, we've got all different disabilities on there, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, autism, um, you know, the list goes on. So it's just, you know, taking kids out in the community, having fun, making them smile, making them laugh. And at the end of the day, if you've done that, you've done your job. You know, we need to change what success looks like for these kids or for these clients, you know. Come on, man. And, um, you know, judge that on happiness. If they're happy, you know, that's the end goal. So how it started, mate, I worked at another through the school and with some kids on weekends. And I, you know, had a few, when I was at the club, there was, when I was at Giant Steps, I was sort of the boss of the football program we had there. So we had about 10 boys there. And uh, a lot of them wanted to work on weekends. So I got them all work on weekends. And then I started What Ability. And I thought, you know, why can't I make a little, uh, little support service, you know, just make an Instagram, share the photos, share what we do of athletes working with kids. Anyway, so in the first month, man, I got about 50 emails from randoms in Sydney just going like, wow, can you look after our kids? This looks amazing. Like, you know, this is amazing. Can you look after our kids? Wow, wow. And I was like, you know what, so why don't I make a, a professional athlete, semi-professional athlete carer, you know, carer service? You know, obviously you have other people on there that aren't athletes, but, you know, the main selling point is the athlete. And, mate, since then it's just blown up, you know. It's just been, you know, unreal. So... Yeah, so, mate, you know, at the end of the day, the passion is just, you know, about the kids and about happiness, you know. Come on, man. As long as the kids are happy. And, you know, athletes are pretty good at that, man. Athletes, you know, or young people in general, you know, they either do it because they want to do it or, you know, they don't do it at all. So, you know, a lot of the boys and girls get a lot out of it. Um, you know, their job's easy. All they have to do is make kids smile. So, pretty simple. Yeah, man, that's crazy, bro. You know, oh, bro, I just had this thought, eh? Hey, I was like, like... 
I was thinking about this actually. Um, even before I got the boys on, even before I got Noel and um, um, Joe on, bro, I was just thinking about. It, I'm like, you know, the the like the smart thing that this guy did, right? The smart thing that Mr. Steve Dressler done was he he utilized professional athletes, like he utilized professional athletes in order for, like, yeah, used professional athletes um, as carers. When I seen that, bro, I shared away for me, man. I'm like, bro, spot on. Because if you guys don't know, for all those that don't know much about footy, there's a there's a massive stereotype about footy players, you know, about athletes, you know, going out drinking, you know, drinking their own piss, <laughs> you know, doing all these, um, you know, dumb things and the media really pushes for that. But then it's like, do you guys push for the good things? And I feel that what ability shows that really well. Like if you go onto this Instagram, which I'll put down in the links below for those that are watching the video and then just check out on our Instagram because we will be sharing his um you know his page and stuff down there but if you actually look at it you guys would see like how like i i, I get fomo <laughs> i get fomo i'm like bro, i'd love to be there and i i truly believe that other people would like will feel like they want to get there too but yeah man i just want to say bro you're doing so well bro uh, i love i love the idea that you place on using professional athletes and so bro my question to you is um what like why 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 pe- like professional athletes or semi-professional athletes like why did you use that concept well, I just had such a connection with them. You know, I live with a lot of them. I live with Reed Marnie and Jamie Lee Price and, you know, Bevan French at them times. So uh, I knew a lot of them. And, you know, obviously at Giant Steps, we had a lot of the younger boys coming through. And it was so successful there with, you know, the semi-professional athletes working with kids. Um, you know, all the Kiwis, you know, all the Polynesians and that were so calm and so collective that, you know, the kids gravitated to them and the kids, you know, felt calm around them. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, the the boys or the girls take kids out and they don't have the fear to take them swimming or to take them surfing or to take them, you know, big bush walks or stuff that these kids need. Um, so that's where it's, you know, that's where it sort of come from is just, you know, being able to take kids out and, you know, not have that fear of what's going to happen or, you know, taking them out and, you know, the parents knowing that they'll be safe with them and, you know, having fun as well as the main thing. So, yeah, man, bro, I'm just, I'm just inspired, bro. Like I keep saying it because I am. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm so inspired by by your story, bro. I'm so inspired by by what you're doing at what ability. And, um, bro, my question to you now is, what what keeps you going? You know, what keeps you going when 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 it starts getting tough when you start feeling off when you start saying you know what i don't know like you know i'm trying to manage all these things you start getting stressed out um what what keeps you going bro what keeps filling you up mate just you know when you see what the families go through and the parents especially go through you know you realize that our job's easy yeah the parents have them for you know Say, for instance, we got them for six hours a day. The parents have them for 18, you know, and you yep. don't realise how hard they are, uh, you know, at home or, you know, wherever they are with their families. You know, with us, they're pretty chilled and they're pretty good. But, um, you know, seeing them smile or seeing them happy or, you know, seeing, you know, how much, you know, it gives the parents, you know, that's just what keeps you going and seeing, you know, the smiles on the kids' faces or seeing, you know, their happiness is, you know, you know that's, what, that's what gets you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because for for me, bro, just looking, um, you know, in general, like there's always something that fuels you up, um, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, that's up to you. 
But I, I can see, man. I can see it through you, bro. I can see it through you exactly how things are going. I, I can see that you are making tremendous success. Um, you know, I'm seeing the photos. I'm seeing the athletes. I even talk to um, to those. Like, I actually talk to your stuff. You know, some of your stuff just about, like, you know, like what makes what makes what ability so good. And then they're just telling me that like their insight on on how um, how much it's, like it's impacted their life. And uh, mm. bro, I want to say, man. Like, good on you, bro. Like, you're doing so good, man. Keep going, bro. Keep going, man. I can't wait to see, you know, I, I can see this becoming a, a, a global thing, you know, a, a, a moment where you're, you're you're going around countries, you know, connecting with people. But obviously, first, we need to figure out, you know, we have to look after our own backyard before we start looking yeah. after others, right? <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, and saying that, man, what's, what's, the, what's, the, uh, what's the end goal, bro? So what's the end goal for what ability? Like, where do you see what ability, um, you know, before before the end of um, Mr. Steve Dressler. Right. So, mate, just, you know, who knows? But, you know, obviously want to be Australia-wide, so I'll be Australia-wide, you know, within the next year. Yep. You know, having, you know, all the clubs from Queensland, you know, Victoria, Melbourne Storm, Cowboys, all them clubs all involved and signing up their players and getting their players on board. But on, not only that, man, Netball, soccer, AFL, rugby union—you know every code, you know involved in you know having their kit, their staff work, you know, on weekends, days off, you know, in the season, during this, you know, off season, whenever you know, whenever they want, whenever they've got time or whenever they've got a spare day, they can, you know, work with a kid or take a kid out in the community and, you know, hang out with them. Yeah, I love it, bro. I truly, truly love it, and I can see it happening. Obviously, for you know, the one thing I I learned recently was like you know, good things take time. You know, you got to be patient. You know, you got to be patient on on this. And so, um, bro, my question to you, man, if, if all this stuff is that, uh, so we've we've spoken about it, right? We've spoken about what ability. We we we've, we've spoken about you know your passion as to why you do it, um, and what keeps you you know fueled up. Now, now the question for me, man, is um. What does it take, bro? You're you're the CEO. You're you're the founder of What Ability. What does it take for you to be the man, like the the person that runs the whole show? What 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 do you believe? Because I feel like there are people that are listening that are wanting to, you know, become the next Tony Robbins or you know run their own business and and become successful. So, my question to you, bro, is um, what does it take? It takes time. Lots of time. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, so I get up every morning at 4 a.m. Come on, man. Train, meditate, go for a swim usually and, you know, then start my work, whether I'll get up and do emails or sit on the computer at 4 a.m. and do a bit of stuff. And, um, and then, yeah, so it just takes a lot of time, a lot of patience. You've just got to work hard and, you know, know that it'll pay off and, you know, put everything into it and work hard. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. And what I want to do now is, um, this is like not even on the agenda. I really want to just talk about this because I feel like this is um, like, like a real important thing that a lot of people take away. You know, people are wanting to become the boss. People wanting to create their own businesses. But the one thing that they don't really want to focus on is self-development. And so uh, I want to talk about that um, before we wrap up. Um, for you being the CEO, uh, I I know for sure that when it becomes, like when, when you are given a, a role to lead, uh, lead your people, you know, lead, um, you know, staff members, you know, lead uh, parents, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty much the face of the company, right? 
there has to be some sort of uh, development or some sort of self-growth that you have to go through. So I want to kind of explore that because I, I can see it, bro. You know, you're waking up at 4 a.m. You're still training, bro, which I'm I'm real, real, like, proud that you are. Um, you know, you've been told, like, that you're, you have the uh, the inability to play footy, but you're still continuing to train. And I'm still, I'm still curious about that. I'm like, how does he train knowing that his knee, you know, isn't there? Um, so I want to kind of explore that. But the first thing I want to ask is, bro, um, and I, like you know, what's your view on personal development? Like, what's your view on self growth? Um, so obviously, I haven't been to uni or been to any of them. I've got a teacher's aid, teacher's aid degree, but uh, other come than on, that, man, I I haven't done a you know a university course or anything along them lines. But uh, mate, I'm massive in you know, you don't learn until you do it. Come on, you've just got to get chucked in and throw it, and you learn best on the job and learn doing stuff. I've got no idea about business, about payroll, about anything. I've just done it and it's worked or it hasn't worked and you learn from that. You know, there's no there's no greater teacher than life. You know, you'll oh, never bro. you know, you'll never learn until you do something. You know, there's so much books and so much stuff that can teach you, but you know, that's that's one percent of it. You know, you don't learn anything until you get out there because everything's different <laughs> to what you learn. Yeah, no, nah, bro, hundred percent, bro. I'm fully like, uh, fully <laughs> everything you say, man, is on point because, like, you know, one thing I believe in is that, like, you know, you don't have to get the qualifications to be qualified. Um, exactly sometimes, right. sometimes the best qualification you can get is your experience from life, um, which I would, I would see for your, uh, for your staff, because uh, you know some of the boys, you know, semi-professional athletes. Uh, you know, I, I can see that 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 could be something that they that they're utilizing. You know, they're utilizing their 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 own personal experience to to impact these kids because, you know, with with kids with autism, um, kids with a disability, like people need to understand, like they're not. I wouldn't say they're on that level. They're just different. Yeah. You know, they're they're in their they like they're just different when it comes to the way that we are. Um, a lot of people say, no, nah, no, nah, like they're special. It's like. Yeah, they're special, but they're just different. They do things differently, and um, I've learned that uh, through you know my job working as a, as a wellbeing officer, and just understanding kids and understanding that they're just different. Um, some kids learn faster than others. Some kids learn like slower than other kids. But at the end of the day, um, it's also just on how they manage. Um, you know how how, how you manage uh, the like the kids and and so yeah, I, I can see that in your players. Um, I can just see it like just just from the way I see it might be different, but that's that's pretty much the way I go from that. But um, yeah, man, like I, I totally agree on what you're saying, man. Like about experience, uh, sometimes like life is probably something that will help you out. Like just go. Just do, just do, do, do. That's yeah. something that helped me out to to start this podcast show. I just started it. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to start a podcast show and then um, I'll just learn as I go. I'm telling you guys, like, <laughs> it may sound simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> Mate, it's very hard running a business. Oh, man. There's, there's so many things you don't realize or you don't know about until they hit you on the head. You don't 100%. You know the things are there and, yeah. Bro, it's like the iceberg effect, you know? You have, like, you know, the little iceberg there and then you have all the issues and all the problems that you go through. And, like, that's the reason why I'm so passionate about, you know, running this Impact Podcast show because I get to, you know, chat with people like you, bro, and and have these conversations, you know, where you can bluntly say, bro, it's not easy. <laughs> uh, like, it's simple things to do. It's not easy, but I think it's also how you manage it. And so, um, yeah, man, my question to you is how you manage it. Like, how do you manage being the CEO of what ability? Mate, I just, you know, I meditate. I meditate. I'm actually, yeah, meditate twice a day. So that actually helps me a lot. 
um, you know, it gives me more time, makes me able to, you know, do things more and, you know, cope more and be more focused. So, yeah, man, I just meditate. I, uh, you know, I train is a massive one. Training is a massive one. And a bit of physical activity is a massive one for the body. Uh, but, yeah, I just, you know, again, there's no right or wrong way to be able to manage it. There's no way that my way is going to suit anyone. It's your way is your way, and that's that's how it is. You know, you've just got to do it and figure it out and do what works best for you. But, you know, yeah, my typical day is just get up, train, meditate, swim, work, train, swim, meditate, eat, bed. Yeah. And, man, like, it's all about habits, eh? You know, it's just it all is. about building the habits. And consistency. Oh man, people, you don't realize, hey, just stay consistent in what you do, and like you'll start seeing the rewards in the end. And like, I, you know, I always see, um, you know, Steve just chucking stuff up, saying, "Bro, I'm looking at the time, like, bro, it's like 4 a.m., brother." <laughs> like, I love it, I love it, man, I love it. You know, not, like, not a lot of people are keen, not a lot of people are keen to go sleep early to start their morning off well. And um, you know, I'm truly a fan of those that wake up early. I understand the pain at some stage that you wake up and you're like, bro. Maybe I should just go back to sleep. <laughs> Don't worry. We all have them thoughts, man. 100%. But also, also, man, yeah, like just to add on to that, bro, like it, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference to those that, you know, wake up and do do the do the morning routines, you know, meditate. Some of us have cold showers <laughs> and um, others, others just, you know, train. And so, bro, my question to you, bro, is training, man. I want to talk about the training side. How are you able to train knowing that your knee, um, your knee issue? How are we able to so, manage that? I just, mate, I just do what I can. To be honest, sometimes, yep. some days I can't squat. Some days my knee won't allow it. Um, yeah. Some days I can. I've just got to, you know, take every day as I go and you know, do it as much as I can. But it's getting better. It's getting stronger. It's getting, you know, better. But you know, it is what it is, and I've just got to, you know, do what I can. Some days I can't do burpees, or some days I can. Uh, you know, I just got to take it slow and, you know, be the best I can. Yeah, man. Yeah, guys, I was just curious, bro. I'm like, how does this guy train? Um, you know, how is he able to do the skis? <laughs> Good old skis, bro. Um, yeah, with your knee. But, bro, as it is, man, like, I, I can see that you're making your way. Um, you're still, you know, staying fit. You look fit, bro. You're still looking fit, man. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah man and so um yeah man like like we've spoken a lot about you know your story uh we've spoken about your story onto footy we've spoken a bit about you know what what stopped you from playing footy and then you know from that point getting into starting what ability and just touching a bit on um you know personal development um my last question i want to ask before we wrap up this uh podcast bro is um what, what's an encouraging that you would like to um you know give to those out there that are lis- um that are listening bro um, you know, just keep going. You know, this next, this next, you know, year to two years is going to be a very tough time. You know, you've just got to hang on and get through this and we'll all come out the other side. Um, you know, what we're going through now is, you know, going to be once in a lifetime and it's going to be very tough for some people. Um, but yeah, just hang on and hang on with your mates and, you know, get through it and we'll get through it together. Yeah, no, it's good, bro. Bro, I honestly... Like I'm, I'm so keen for people to listen to this podcast, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I, I truly believe that people are going to get inspired. Um, 
But yeah, guys, that's pretty much all we got for this um, the Impact Podcast Show episode. I want to say thank you, Barry. Thank you, Steve, Barry, for taking your time out. I understand that you're busy, and uh, that's the reason why I'm so I'm so lucky to have you on board, Barry. Um, but Barry, um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? People can uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook uh, at Whatability. Um, you know, if anyone anyone ever wants to be involved and you know volunteer or work. Um, you know, sign up, go to the website, www.whatability.com.au. Go have a look, go through the videos, press apply now, go through the sec, through the, you know, through the protocol and, uh, go through there. And, you know, obviously clients, people with a disability, or, you know, if you want to be a carer, you want to be involved and help out, you know, then go for it. Yeah, sweet, and that's and that's including parents, like as in families with yeah. Is that, yeah, is so that what you're mentioning? Parents yep. with yeah, clients with a disability or parents with their child with a disability, they can sign up and press. I'm looking for support, or if you're a support worker, you can press. I'm a support worker, and go through all the steps. Yeah, sweet. So what we'll do is we'll put that in the links down below for those that are watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, just jump onto our Instagram page and we'll have all the links down below. Or just check in uh, WhatAbility, um, the Instagram app, and then you'll be able to go into um, your website. Is that Am I correct? Perfect. Yeah, sweet, sweet. So, yeah, guys, so that's pretty much all we got. So I just want to say again, thank you, bro. It's been an honor um, to, to be able to you know, dissect your story and just, you know, just have like a mad chat, bro. Um, But yeah, man, I should say, appreciate it. Mate, nah, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time and thank you for getting me on. Yeah, sweet as. So guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for those that are listening and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.